0: minor wisdom, Quintet! Oh. One, two, eskidda dida
1: doo. Minor wisdom!
0: This week on the podcast, I have Marion Castleberry. Marion uh, has been somebody that quite a few people have actually told me I need to have on, and finally it took Billy Dragoo to uh, Convince me that, okay, if he says I'm supposed to have him on, then I'm supposed to have him on. So I, I reached out to Marion, uh, and he responded relatively quickly on Facebook, uh, about coming onto the podcast. And it was a really fun interview. And it's one of those things, uh, one of those people that I'm very grateful for, uh, allowing me to kind of, or, or trusting me to have them on the podcast, um, because, uh, well, I don't think Marion is a huge podcaster. Uh, I've had a few people like that, and so uh, they're walking into unfamiliar territory and trusting me to do something that uh, they're not necessarily uh, comfortable with. And of course, you wouldn't know that by listening to this podcast that somebody's uncomfortable. Uh, maybe a handful of times. Uh, not going to call anybody out, but uh, you know, you, you, if you've listened to every episode, you know. But anyway, uh, I was very fortunate to have him on. I and to, I don't have a rant this week. I have nothing. Um, I did discuss some things. I, I have some things on the horizon uh, that I'm very excited about. Uh, not only school related, but also personally related. Uh, have some things with thespians that I'm excited about. Um, I just created a new design your life project for my students uh, that I'm very excited to implement for them because once again, for another week, uh, my school is going virtual. So I am home for another week, and hopefully that's it because I've realized very quickly, and Kevin Ritchie can attest to this because, well, it didn't work out so well with me in Stage Spot, even though I still love those guys and use them all the time. And I would highly recommend that you all too. That's not a spot, Stage Spot, but um, uh, I just like them. But anyway, uh, I'm not a work from home kind of guy. I. Uh, don't get very motivated here. So uh, if anything, I get very bored and tired. And so I'm doing my best to keep myself uh, very active. And I've started riding my bike again, which is really fun. I've really enjoyed that. But, uh, uh, you know, there are certain things that I just don't get very motivated at home. So my hope is to inspire myself through uh, new things that um, I could assign my students and things that I wouldn't normally do in person. However, uh, one of the the rules I've kind of made in my own head is if I'm going to create some curriculum for my kids or some projects for my kids, it needs to be stuff that I can do in years to come that, uh, you know, once we go back face-to-face. Hoping we go back face-to-face next year. However, uh, it is not looking good, you know, at least through the fall. Might be uh, still teaching from home and all that kind of stuff. Or not from home, but uh, having some kids that are at home learning and you know we'll see how much regression they have and and all that good stuff I don't I'm, I'm not too hopeful for it but I'm gonna keep my head up keep your head up make sure you guys follow me on the Twitters at mr. Blake Minor uh, I've had some few few people I know more people listen to, that listen to this uh, are Facebookers so feel free to reach out to me on Facebook um, just search my name and I'm sure we have lots of friends in common even though we may have never met, but uh, that's just how small the world of theater education is. Hope you enjoyed this week's interview with Mr. Marion Castleberry from Baylor University.
1: My starting point would have to be a small uh, country home farm in East Texas between uh, Alba and Quitman, Highway 154, where I was born and raised. Actually, I was born in Gilmer, but they moved me to that house as quickly as they could possibly do that. <clears throat> and uh, I, I guess growing up, uh, I was very, uh, I, was, I was basically uh, like any other kid, I guess, looking for a sense of identity and not knowing exactly how you're supposed to live in that crazy world. Um, but my parents took me to church quite often and it's at church that I began to to uh, develop my artistic tastes by singing and speaking and uh, working with with singers and choirs and and during those days there was a opportunity for for us to at churches to hire in people like the Statler brothers and others. To come and sing on Sunday afternoons and we would have what they called a singing. And uh, so I, I was highly involved with that and that's where I really kind of began. Uh, I learned to play the piano early on as a kid. Had quit at about 14 and haven't picked it up since unfortunately. Uh, but my singing kind of developed from there and then uh, I, uh, my senior year I, I moved to, to a different school and uh, a little woman by the name of Eva Nichols, who uh, is long gone, but uh, she was a sweetheart of about five foot tall, involved me in the one-act play, and I'd never heard of theater before. And so um, I said, sure. I didn't know what I was getting into. Uh, And uh, so I was cast in the lead in a play called Lilium. And uh, the the play was put up in competition, the UIL one act play (coughs) in which we were very successful and went on to state. Um, We didn't win the state uh, contest that year, but uh, there were really a lot of good shows during those periods of time. You know, a lot of uh, people from like Meadows and places like that, that uh, were competing every year and enjoying winning the, The contests and so on, but the reality got me involved in in theater and in the UIL uh, aspect of that and the one act play. And so, when I had to choose something to do with the rest of my life, I decided to go to college uh, at what was then East Texas State University and now it's Texas A and M University Commerce. Uh, And I studied with a gentleman by the name of Curtis Pope, who is a legend and legendary director, um, and uh, it's, it's there that I kind of really developed myself, and uh, I was very fortunate. Uh, we were involved in the American College Theater Festival when I was a, a student there, and went to Washington, D.C., and performed at the Ford's Theater, uh, and we were selected as one of a handful of schools who were able to perform their productions there. So, so that was a big part of my life. And it was I, I felt uh, that I had gotten a calling that I really enjoyed, but something I, that was very useful to me. Uh, and I continued that. Um, and strangely enough, one afternoon, I was just sitting around uh, my house and got a phone call from a lady in Winsboro, Texas, who needed a teacher in a high school in winsboro and i said well i don't have my teaching certificate but i'd be glad to come and work with the kids and uh, so they hired me uh without a certificate or anything at that time and I'm, i think i made three thousand dollars a year something like that it was not very much uh, but i enjoyed the process and i enjoyed working with the kids but that kind of got me on a life a journey to teaching which i have done since and in, i've been in various places uh uh Winsboro being once, Nora High School, um I've been at junior college in Cisco, uh just all around. I taught uh, St. Angelo State University. Uh and of course now I've been at Baylor and about to retire from Baylor for uh, about 20 years now. So uh it it kind of got me involved. When I got to Baylor uh there was a push for uh faculty do to do professional work as well and i had done some earlier in my career and uh, but we were able to have create a festival here called the horton foot festival and horton was a dear friend of mine and uh, much missed in the, in the community um, but horton made it possible for us to to have all kinds of folks come in to, to waco and to baylor and work with them, uh, really well known actors and directors. And uh, and so that became a really big thing. And and during this process, I asked Corden if I could direct one of his shows and we did The Traveling Lady in New York City at the Ensemble Studio Theater. Uh, and from that, that led me to be hired by the Ensemble uh, to work with and develop new plays. And so I would go to New York in the summers uh, and work with new plays and playwrights. And I would sometimes have writers go with me and we would live in, um, uh, in, in this area that once had been the home, kind of the country home of the group theater. Uh, and it was really kind of interesting. We used to had the, had the rooms, the, the cafeteria, it was all there, the stage, everything was there where they would work. Um, Seymour Hoffman, uh, also, had his group there and they would work during the summers. Uh, so it was kind of interesting, but one thing led to another. And, you know, I was still involved in theater, highly involved in theater, uh, and, and all of my life. And so that's kind of how, to, and to make things short, uh, that's kind of how I got involved in my journey has been long and, and prosperous and uh, probably undeserving, but it's been great for me, and I enjoyed getting to know all these folks uh, professionally and academically as well, so yeah, uh, I don't know what the future holds. I will retire in a year and a half. Uh, I'm not sure if it'll include theater or what, but you know how that goes. You kind of follow what you feel you're called to do, so that's kind of where I'm at.
0: So, what is it? What is it about uh, university world that drew you to it uh, compared to secondary theater, secondary education?
1: I'm not really sure what what it was. Uh, I enjoy the secondary education part. I didn't like the uh, the limitations of it. Yeah, uh, I suppose as part of it. Uh, and I, when I started teaching college, university, I felt more at home. Sure. You know, I guess everybody has their thing. I know Lynn Murray used to say, you shouldn't have quit high school. You you should have continued to teach high school. <laughs> that was after I'd, you know, we'd gone to state with a play. And he, I think, appreciated what I was doing with him. Uh, but for some reason, and I, maybe it's a God thing, I'm not sure, but I found uh, – great satisfaction in teaching at college and university level right. that I hadn't felt teaching in high school. Right.
0: So, Did you, um, you know, you, you, you sound like a very religious individual. Um, did you know back yeah, when, I, I, did you know back when you were, uh, you mentioned that you were, were singing and, and such in church, did yeah. you know then that you wanted to at least be a performer or was that just something you enjoyed doing? I think doing? that
1: was it. I mean, at the at the time, I was just kind of having fun playing piano and singing. And uh, strangely enough, I know you've probably heard stories about people doing this, but I was paid uh, to travel the countryside and 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 uh, bring what they used to call spiritual music to the revivals and churches around Texas. Uh, My family were very, have been, my grandfather was a church planner, and I don't know, just, you know, I've always had that connection with my faith and over the years it's grown as I've experienced life more and more and it's uh, important to me. Yeah. Uh, And and I believe I really have had, you know, uh, been led to do these things, been called to do these things, not... Nothing. It was it, 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 some things are strange and they happen in weird ways. Like my New York work. Uh, I never thought I would ever do that. Right. And I think it was like a way of saying, well, you can, and you're possible. <laughs> uh, but w- winning the drama desk award was even more satisfying because that kind of said, well, you're on equal par, Yeah. And your work is equally as good as the others uh, that are here. and, having met all those people and work in those situations. I said, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I've been blessed. So, so that, and I always thought of it that way.
0: So the, the drama desk mention leads me to a question and this might be difficult to answer and you could have multiple answers and I'm okay with that. Uh, do you have a proudest sure. moment of your career? Do you have a, a moment that stands out as just being that moment that you were completely overwhelmed with with excitement and Well, I just pride. think
1: working with Horton Foote sitting by my side uh working on a play and cutting the play and developing the play and then seeing it produced with him and the smile on his face that was probably the greatest moments of my life. Horton yeah. was a really important mentor to me and uh and, of course, everybody loved Horton and always wanted to do his work. And, uh, you know, I met him at a, first met him at a time when he was just kind of really getting known when he was doing Tender Mercies and Triple Fool in the films. Uh, and, and then later on, I got to know him even better. And then he and I worked together. And it was a very meaningful part of my life. Although I still, you know, I still go out and judge from time to time, and I still hold my high school experiences very dearly. I have some really, really, really good former students that just make it worth it for me, yeah. you know. Uh, so I think, but but in terms of highlights, it would be having Horton sitting there working on a play, a fifty-year-old play, and right. and making it work. <laughs> it was really great, and uh,
0: would that be? So I mean. Would would that be the same type of feeling that you, like, like, have you had a, I can't believe I'm doing this moment. Is that oh, yeah. probably the same type? Sure. Of, yeah.
1: Well, I had met, I had first seen one of Horton's plays that, uh, baby the rain must fall, uh, when I was a kid. And for some reason that thing just struck me as a beautiful piece of drama, you know, and I didn't know anything about drama, but it really uh, struck me for some reason. And yeah. then later on, I told Horton, I said, man, I, that play had been a world to me and, and, I I would like to direct it. Huh. And he said, okay. And so we went about getting a cast together and, uh, you know, it it worked out and it was a great moment. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a kind of a, I can't believe I'm doing this. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and a lot of those instances for me was just, you know, it's kind of like I used to tell people I'm in the backseat and God's driving the car Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going wherever he's taking me. So, that's how I felt about it, and it's feel blessed
0: about it. Why? Why can't you be in the front seat? What's <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Really, I could drive it for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could help out. Yeah, navigate. Uh, yeah. So, is there? have yeah, yeah,
1: great. I'm, I know that you're really more into the secondary part of
0: oh, theater no. education. Uh, uh, well, yeah, I, I do I,
1: have I, great respect.
0: Yeah, I mean, personally speaking, I want. I was going to go back until the coronavirus hit. I was going. I had been accepted into a, a, a second master's program to, uh, with the intention of teaching uh, theater in the college level. So, oh, okay. pers- selfishly. I, I want to be in the university setting or community college setting. So, I, um, yeah, it, and it's not about the people listening to this. It's all about me and you. So, that's, you know, that's <laughs> right. They, they can just listen, you know, um, but yeah, so, sure. so, so yes, yeah, I'm
1: sure they have their opinions too, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: right. So, selfish, <laughs> selfishly plus, um, you know, and I mentioned earlier about knowing Bob Singleton or being kind of raised and, and coached by Bob Singleton, right, right. And, you know, we, we did not do one act play. So, I don't have that same. Uh, one act play passion that a lot of oh, okay. uh, that a lot of teachers have that were raised in that yeah. world in the state of Texas so um right i totally understand the the importance of it and the in the in the reasoning behind it uh but personally as a as a director on my campus i i push the musical i push our fall show to be like the tip top thing and then if we do well mm-hmm. with one-act play, which, which I have, uh, I haven't gone to state, but, or I've, I've gone to state, but I was in the audience. Um, but, uh, uh, I, I don't, I don't have, I don't put a lot of merit with my resume on how I did as a one-act right. play director and, and nothing wrong with that. So, yeah. but yeah. Uh, well, you know,
1: I, I can honestly say that there's, that it is probably a, uh, the, the most amazing kind of uh, thing, the one act play UIL one act play, uh, and it would not be so if it had not been for Lynn Murray, right? And uh, it, it was smart enough to figure out that the state of Texas liked competition and yeah. how do you how do you involve the one act play into a competition? Well, you go back to the old Greeks and the way they did it, a little different, but but that was the idea. And uh, there's nothing else like it in the world. And every you can go to any state, any place. Uh, and they w- we would love to have that sort of thing, but they, it just can't be done. It's a one-of-a-kind creature. Uh, and, I, and, you know, it's produced so many theater people, so many actors and directors. If you go to New York, it's almost like uh, going home to Texas. I mean, you know, it was kind of crazy like that. But, the, but it, the production of the number of students who would actually went into the professional field is amazing. So yeah. I have great admiration for it. And I have great admiration for those like Billy Dragoo who teach and do incredible work, uh, you know, that just floor me. I don't know how they do it, but they do. Right. Uh, and so that, I admire that a great deal. So, but I, I'm, I'm more comfortable and have been more comfortable at the university level. And uh, I don't know, that's just, that's me. And it's, it's kind of like what you're talking about. Yeah. You, you, you know where do you feel the the your calling is, is going and what 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 should you be doing?
0: Right. So I've I've asked this of quite a few of the the professor type of folk, the university folk. Uh, I've had Jim Johnson on, Gary Cooper, a few people from UH and then um, other, other Mm -hmm. areas as well, same Houston and such. Is there something, um, and, and you came from the secondary world, Uh, mind you, it was, it was a few decades ago, but it was still, it's still, the the mindset is still very similar, but is there something that you feel uh, needs to be focused on a little bit more in the secondary world in order to prepare students for college or at least for the fine arts or for a bachelor of fine arts or, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Well, I think I think uh over the years uh this aspect I'm going to tell you has improved a great deal and teachers are now being more and more educated they you know come from backgrounds with MFAs and uh you know they 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 understand that there's more to life than the one act play contest. Uh and to teach students that that's the only place you can do theater or the only place that theater can survive or can say anything is in the one act play contest is just out and out wrong. Now you can you can teach a great deal through that contest, it, you know, how to, how to lose courageously, how to uh, how to be courteous, how to get along with others. There are a number of really good issues that come out of the contest. I'm not downgrading that at all. But to teach only that and to say that's all there is to the student's education or knowledge of theater is the contest is really kind of a bad deal. <laughs> you know, I think there's more to it than that. And I think uh, as time has gone on, more and more schools and more and more professors and teachers have become uh, more educated of that. And, th- and they, I think, broaden their fields kind of like you. Yeah or musicals, actually we could do musicals or we can do other things that are very theatrical and will train you in various areas. Uh, I mean, this COVID thing, just last year, Baylor went through this process and I'm, I'm overwhelmed with what they were able to do, uh, of filming shows and making them available to, to people online. And uh, we did some productions outside uh, it, it was just, you know, you do theater just survived <laughs> right, right. and I think, uh, you know, it, the history of the theater needs to be taught, you know, various things of that nature, which is really hard to do when you're just working on a one-act play, right? Uh, but in the smaller schools, that's probably on the only time you have is time to work on those. Right. Uh, and you don't have time to do the other and to teach the full gamut of what theater really is. So. Yeah. That's kind of my only complaint in the idea of winning. And that used to be this way, uh, many years ago, the idea of winning at all costs, which just didn't, didn't rub rub me very well. And I didn't like the idea. And uh, there were times I considered not judging anymore and, um uh, or not being involved because I just didn't like that idea of winning at all costs. Um, and, you know, as you, you probably know this, a lot of the quality and the success of the program depends on the the teacher yeah. of the individual, you know, people like Bob and others. Yeah. I mean, Lou Adamar. they are just some that just uh, because of the way they work and because of their dedication to it, they just do quality stuff. And uh, w- one of my good friends, Larry Wisdom, it's been doing it over and over and over a few years, you know, over forty years of it, uh, and so you know, people like that, you kind of a wow, okay, yeah, uh, that's what it's really supposed to be. So,
0: well, yeah, no, that's good. Uh, that was a good answer. That that was not the answer that I've been given in the past. It was all about they need to learn how to schedule and write checks and all, <laughs> you know, all of that remedial stuff. Yeah, well, no,
1: that, I'm looking at it from a you know from a point of view of somebody that doesn't have to write the check every yeah. day, <laughs> right. you know, and I can make these statements, but to me, it's, it's, it is tr- teaching the theater, teaching what the theater is right. and how I could benefit and contribute to our society because Lord knows we need it. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's really
0: important to me. So, uh, uh, is there, and you mentioned that you're retiring, you said a year and a half, so I guess the end of 22 or the end of the school year of 22, is that? Yeah,
1: I might. 2023. Okay, will be my last last uh, cement, last month here at Baylor. Right.
0: Uh, so you don't you don't have to you don't have to out yourself, but do you know what you want to do for your final year as far as a production is concerned, a production season? I'm not sure I will do one. <laughs> okay. I
1: did one last year. I did Antigone uh, with a, with a fellow uh, professor. Uh, and we did, a, uh, we did a modern version of Antigone, which turned out really, really nice. And at that time, I think I caught something like COVID and was sick and in, in bed for like five, six weeks. Right. And uh, anyway, I thought at that time, I'm not sure I want to direct anymore. <laughs> and I haven't since. Right. Uh, and we've got some comparable directors here. Yeah. So Plus, I, I work with uh, the graduate students on all their productions uh and we do two a year of those so it keeps me right and keeps everybody hopping so right. to speak so
0: is there a show that you um weren't able to do on the high school level that you uh wanted to do but you knew that it was probably too heavy that you ended up doing either at saint angelo or or angelo St- it was at angelo state you were
1: angelo state yeah. i was there for a couple of years yeah
0: ago. so but is there one that uh, you...
1: a show that i would like to have done
0: or, or a show that, uh, that you wanted to do on the high school level that you did end up doing at the university level, but it might've been mm. too heavy for high school. Um, you know, the the community or whatever that might be.
1: I just know there, there is one show that I would, I would like to do. And if someone were okay. to pay me to do it, okay. I would. All right. <laughs> uh, the Kill a Mockingbird. Okay. Uh, the best production of it that I know is a friend of mine, uh, uh who did it at, uh with horton foot and they yeah. did it together michael wilson you know that name i don't know no. uh, he he's a professional director now he was at the alley for okay. a number of years uh but he and horton were doing some shows and they put together the final production okay uh that, that i know of and and uh really, really good production. And I would love to have the opportunity to work on that show right. kind of as my final one. Um, so I don't know, but I'm not sure I'll ever get to do it.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's uh have you seen the, there's a production of it that takes place in a courtroom. Have you, uh, like an actual, yeah. yeah uh, in my, yeah. one of my former principals every year, uh, goes there and sees the, the performance. So, um, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. Well, that would be that would be fun to do.
1: Yeah. We used sure. to do that when I was at Commerce. We used to go to this courtroom uh, in Clarksville, Texas, I believe okay. it was, and do we did uh, uh, inherit the wind, I believe, okay. and uh, which worked really well. Right. In the courtroom. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. Right. Is there? Uh, you know, the, and I, I mentioned to you that uh, part of what keeps people interested in this podcast, um, you know, the the Billy Dragoo type uh the the is there a is there a fact about Marion castleberry that um is kind of a guilty pleasure type thing i can tell you i can tell you one of billy's and he's he's said this publicly uh or at least put it on social media that he he goes to sonic every sunday and gets himself a diet coke and listens to this podcast he and he and uh uh, his wife um is there something that that you do that is kind of a guilty pleasure and it and if you watch like best House or not real housewives or something like that, then maybe that's it. But, uh, you know, I just, something- I watch Andy Griffith. You watch Andy Griffith. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right.
1: I like the Andy Griffith show, the yeah. old one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, And I do like old TV shows because you know, it's, they're a little different than uh, the more contemporary ones. Although I still like some of the ones that I watch, uh,
0: are you a crime guy or like, or does that I lie? like
1: crime? I, yeah. I love blue bloods okay. for instance, and you know, things like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I still hold on to some of the old shows. I what? think I don't, I don't want to see them go by the wayside. Right.
0: What is it? Is it just nostalgia or is it, is there something about it? I think that, it is. Okay. okay.
1: I think it's nostalgia and I still think they hold some of the, the values of our lives that we need to remember you right. know, uh, how to get along with people, yeah. you know, and, uh, how to live, uh, strangely enough. Right. Um, uh, and I've been through many decades. So I think that's probably what I'm, I'm searching for is, right. uh, is, is that, and, uh, and maybe it is nostalgia. <laughs> uh, but I also don't look at life as a, in a nostalgic way. Right. I, I I'm pretty open to, to say, yeah, that's, this is the way it is. And this is the way it's not. Right. It shouldn't be.
0: Right. So, so do you, so. But then, yeah,
1: Billy, Billy, I can understand him and, and, and Andy going to the. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. They're, they're big on that stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, they are. I love them. They're funny. Yeah, yeah they are. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a good, that's a good uh, pair. Um, Especially even in the in the you know as as spouses and in uh, the professional theater world, but uh, is there um, d- this might be a hard hitting question in a, in a way, uh, not a gotcha question, but one that you might have to think about is, do you think right now because you just mentioned about how like for instance Andy Griffith tells you how you should you know be kind to people and and some of those yeah, yeah. Uh, some of those thirty minute episodes which really were. 20 something minutes because of uh, advertisements mm-hmm. yeah. and such they they had a lesson in there within just a few minutes and uh, wow. people actually listened and paid attention i mean i obviously i'm not from the andy griffith era but uh my era okay. is the you know the late 80s early 90s type of sitcoms that same thing the full house mm-hmm. type of thing uh do you think yeah. something like that is and it sounds cr- stupid, kind of, in, in elementary. Do you think something like that is needed right now that uh, can help just kind of where we are as a country? And I don't want to get political or anything like that, but do you think that that may be right, one, of those, that. Yeah, one of those things that we're missing? Because right well, now we have reality TV, and that's the hot thing, but nothing that's kind of telling yeah, you.
1: And to me, I, I got worn out on reality TV real yeah, quick. Sure, uh, same. I, I mean, I think that's that's the beauty of theater and the beauty of art is that we can yeah. you know, tell a story that is enriching, that uplifts us, that uh, transcends the world around us and yeah. all the negative things that are going on. And I wish somebody would realize that that's really the beauty of the theater and the beauty of, of television is you can enter into somebody's home and really on that given day and they, they're, they're looking at the news, but they can switch over and go, yeah, I really like that. I'm going to laugh. Right. One of my, I've, I've just discovered this show cause I didn't watch it when it first come on, but everybody loves Raymond yeah. is, is really a funny show. <laughs> that's really kind of in the same vein we're talking about, yeah. you know, I know a lot of people didn't like it cause they were so mean to each other. Right. But, uh, yeah. But in the process of doing it, they always know that they're family and that they're getting something out of the process. Right. Whereas now, I'm not sure you do. Right. Um, Well, that, yeah. Yeah, but to answer your question, yeah.
0: Yeah. That show, uh, uh, Everybody Loves Raymond, is a self-deprecating show. Like, the characters aren't necessarily self-deprecating, but the show itself makes fun of itself, you know? Um, It makes fun of itself. Yeah. Exactly right. And so, that's why you laugh. And yeah. that's
1: kind of fun. Right. So, uh, we're no uh, longer able to do that, you know?
0: No, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> you, you are definitely not allowed to do that. Yeah. You have to be very careful no. with that stuff. Um, you do. Is, yeah. Is there now I'm going to switch subjects. And I told you at the beginning, I said I'm going to take questions and it's based off of how my mind works, which it doesn't most of the time. But, um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> you, you mentioned retirement and kind of not knowing what you, uh, where things might lead you now. And that's, that's acceptable. I will take that as an answer. However, if, if I were to hand you a check for $10 million and said, you know, enjoy this for your retirement, what do you think you would do? Or is there something, is there, do you want to travel somewhere? Is there something you'd still like to kind of check off the bucket list as far as seeing something or, um, even trying to meet somebody or is there anything like that, that money's not an option. You can do whatever you want, uh, that you want to make sure that you get in, in your, in your retired years, even though you're only 25 years old, but yeah.
1: (laughs) I wish I were. I remember those days. Is there something I would really like to do? Yeah. Um, Well if I had 10 million dollars uh I would probably give most of it or a lot of it donate it to 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 people who really needed it right, you sure. know I would certainly give to my church and to those people who are working that um uh, who who need that maybe yeah. they're missionaries or maybe they're trying to do you know work with the youth or whatever it is but but they need it yeah financial help uh I think charity would be my first top of the line thing. Um, uh, and then of course saving enough to live on, but, right. uh, uh, I wouldn't mind seriously, uh, wouldn't mind opening up a theater, uh, with a grou- a really good group of people who, right. who believe in the same way I did, right. you know, that, uh, what, what theater is about and why we do it. And, uh, because I kind of missed that. Right. Uh, when I was a youth growing up in the theater, I worked with some really good young, good people. Uh, Jerry Biggs. Do you know who Jerry Biggs was? Uh,
0: I know the name. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Jerry,
1: Jerry and I were best of friends. Yeah. Jerry Biggs, Doug, Doug Hoppock. Okay. Uh, we were all working together uh, and uh, we, we did shows together. And we were like one big happy family doing theater. Yeah, right. Uh, and, and that was what theater was to us. And, it was, and we, we learned from each other. We supported each other. We, we did shows together. I missed all that. I missed that ensemble. I missed that, that world. Uh, now it's like, oh, yeah, come on up. And <laughs> yeah. You know, we'll give you $3,000 direct display and go home when you, when you get finished. And right. There's no camaraderie, really. Uh, maybe in some instances, but for the most part, no, Right. it's just a job, Right. you know? And I, I, I think it's more, it has to be more than that. Theater needs to be more than that. Yeah. So I wouldn't mind using the money to open up a theater that could support that sort of a thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what that means. Probably paying your actors yeah. and your technical staff and making it worth their while. Uh, that'd be ideal, you know? Yeah. I kind of think of some of the great directors uh, uh, throughout the world. And most of them wind up with an ensemble that they can work with all the time. Uh, And they can develop their art and their craft. And I think that would be ideal. That would be a wonderful world for me.
0: Well, to so. get to give you some some uh, peace of mind, I guess because uh, I'm a part of a group it's called Class Act Productions, and we've been together for about 15 years and put on shows That's four great. or five four or five shows a year. Now we we don't fund it. We you know we, it's up in the woodlands, Texas. Which uh, sure. if you know anything about right. that area, it's there's plenty of funding. Do, yeah. yeah. Um, but but the the people involved, the core group, we're all very very tight. We've you know at weddings at uh, the births of our children, that kind of stuff. So. Um, so that there, I, I wish that more of that existed. I agree with you on that. But Yeah. But just so you know, there are a couple, (laughs) there are a couple, very few, but yeah, you know, where we, where we just kind of, we get together and yeah, it's more, it's, it's a, we're not getting together to do theater. We're getting together to be a family and theater just happens to come out of it.
1: Well, Um, hold on to that as long as you can, because I think it's really important. Yeah. I think one of the comments that's always been made by my students is because I've always tried to make my theater group, my classes kind of like a family, you know, And but whenever they graduate and they they leave and they start to work professionally or otherwise, uh, they say, I really miss that. It was such a spiritual experience and it was like working with a family. And and, and to me, that was really more important than anything else is they had that that time uh, to work together. I just, but I also think it would be great if we could create that more often, right. but yeah, if you've good. got it, hold yeah. on to that. Cause I think it's a wonderful thing.
0: So in your, in your days back when you were doing the, the, you know, working with your, with your, with your buddies, pretty much with your friends doing theater, right. was there a show that you guys ended up pulling off that you thought there's no way we're going to be able to, to get this up and running and, and be successful. Do you remember one?
1: Uh, well, I remember we did one in about 10 days yeah. or less. It was fresh off the script, Neil Simon, uh, chapter two. Okay. And we okay. were doing it at the dinner theater, and we had about 10 days. And I thought, there's no way in the world we can get this up and running. They yeah. can't memorize the lines in that much time.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, Doug Hoppock and David Dossie, and I don't know who all was in it, but they did and it was a beautiful show. Um, and you know, I'm always going, Oh, they can do it. It's magic. Yeah. Uh, but, but I have since kind of gone, okay, they're going to need more time, Going to need more time. Yeah. And that's just part of it. Uh, I think that's the changes, uh, that have been made with those guys. They didn't even think twice about it. Yeah, we'll get it going. Yeah. We'll do it. So <laughs> yep. same thing in New York. when I was working in New York, uh, I had some, some issues with some of the actors that I worked with and I wouldn't want to mention their names because they're well-known. Right. Um, But uh, yeah, you you kind of think, why are you in, why are you doing this? If if it's just a negative experience for you, then do something else. Right. So, but but I don't know. I think that's, they get caught up in it and it's not as, as much fun as it once was. Do
0: you, um, do you have, and I'll ask you a couple more questions, and I'll get you out of here. But uh, is there a name of a person that was a, a just a pleasurable, positive experience, a, a celebrity, if you will, uh, that you worked with um, in your New York days that you thought, man, I just I could work with this person every day for the rest of my life?
1: Goodness. I No, no, I can't remember uh, <laughs> any that I would feel that way, but yeah. I know there are some. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, Romulus Lenny, for one, I, I, yeah. who I, I still to this day, I think of him often. Yeah. Um, he was such a, a really an educator. Right. And a great friend. Also, one of the guys named Scott Sowers, who was an actor um, who p- recently passed away. We well, hate hey, yeah. losing him, but uh, he was a terrific actor. And you'll see, you've probably seen him in different things. He was just really, really quite a wonderful actor. And the kind of guy you'd want to work with over and over and over, you know. Yeah. Uh, but those two guys come to my mind. Okay. And, of course, Horton Foot. Right. And there's nobody like Horton Foot. Right. He was a father, a mentor, a friend, everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Good. Um, and so I want to I want to get you out of of here on this one. Um, you know, you you have been talking about retiring and such. Uh, yeah. And uh, so I don't want to keep bringing it up for you, but uh, you know, you know, <laughs> That's keep, okay, keep reminding <laughs> you mind. of it. Uh, so you you've you've had a lot of experience with a lot of. Uh, a variety of type of student over your career Um, is there a piece of advice that you wish you would have instilled on your students more often Um, is there a piece of advice that you wish in hindsight man i wish i could tell these students this xyz um, so that they they leave me with this Um, you know I, i was a dr Berger child at university of houston uh, uh-huh. and so he was constantly like, it was almost a, a personal struggle for him to always make sure you left with something that made you better. Uh, um, right. and, and most of the time it was a Shakespeare quote, <laughs> as most people know, Doc Berger. Uh, yeah. but it, but it was, there was always, he was always challenging himself to, I think he was challenging himself to, to make sure that we, the students left his classroom or even, you know, that semester having something right. in our head that said, okay, this will make us a better person. And, and maybe it's something you do say all the time, but is there, is there a piece that, that you, you, you like to instill upon the the masses, if you will?
1: Well, if, if there's a thought I'd like to, you know, want my students to leave with, and I have had some wonderful students, don't get me wrong, but sometimes they come to you, especially when they're starting out. And this is also true in the graduate program. Uh, which I've taught for the last 20 years. I mean, I know that they sometimes come to you with what we call stars in their eyes and uh, they think they're going to be, you know, change the world and they're going to go out and instead of focusing on the art and focusing on the process of doing it in the theater, uh, which is what I try really hard to get them to think is don't think in terms of what this is going to do for you. It's kind of like John F. Kennedy, I guess, yeah. in a way, but think of what, what you can do for the theater. Really? What can you contribute to the world to make it a better place to live? Uh, focus on doing the best you can possibly do at all times. And don't worry about what you're going to win or lose or, or be given, you know, and don't think so much about making money because you're not going to make a lot yeah. doing theater. Um, so, so those kind of ideas are what I try to instill in them and make sure that they, by the time they graduate, they know, uh, and the recent year last year was really hard for yeah. our graduates because of the COVID thing. And some of them have had to take jobs in libraries and whatever, you name it. They never complain. Yeah. They just do it and hope for the best and maybe they'll get a job soon in the future. And we keep praying for that. And, and eventually it does come. Yeah. So they just have to be prepared to to uh experience the world and take the world as it comes to them as opposed to trying to say well i'm going to go and make it rich and you know yeah. and this includes kids who are in the film business whatever um uh, there's some we have some great kids from baylor who really made it well you know i'm thinking about allison tolson mm-hmm. uh, who has a, had her own tv shows i yeah. mean she's Terrific, uh, but she started off with just she's going to work. She wanted to do the work, and and that's what has happened to her. She's been very successful at it. Mono.